Whether it's her first Mother's Day or her 40th, she deserves more. Shop tons of stunning on-trend jewelry for every budget at Diamonds Direct. Diamond fashion jewelry, beautiful birthstones, everyday pearls, starting at just $200. Commemorate the real loves of her life with a gorgeous pendant featuring the birthstone of the one who made her mom. This Mother's Day, Diamonds Direct has everything you need to say thank you. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Online at DiamondsDirect.com. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Abraham Lincoln Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. What an exciting, historic day. While I'll never forget where I was when we found out that a guy was in trouble running for president because he paid off a porn star so she wouldn't let his wife know he'd had an affair with a porn star and oh and because the money was put in the wrong column in the bookkeeping yeah it's not exactly being stabbed in the belly in a dark alley yes the gamble the gambit by alvin bragg the district attorney in manhattan to charge trump ridiculous we will discuss certainly next week hope you can join us there's a, an absolutely fabulous piece of journalism in the New York Times. When the New York Times isn't being incredibly annoying and biased, they do terrific work. Um, Similar to 60 Minutes. When they're not being annoying and biased, they're great. Yeah, Eli Saslow uh, writing this piece, A Sandwich Shop, A Tent City, and an American Crisis. And I'm going to read chunks of it to you just because it's so very good. Uh, it affected me deeply reading this over the weekend and we'll post it in its entirety at armstrongandgetty.com give you a link if you want to read the whole thing it's pretty long but it's the story of joe filacci and his wife who have worked at the same sandwich shop for four decades he's now 69 years old his wife's just slightly younger and uh, they describe how he pulls up to the old station subs in the morning with no idea what to expect Parked on a street lined with three dozen tents, grabbed a pepper spray and unlocked the door to his restaurant. The peace sign was still hanging above the entryway. Fake flowers remained undisturbed on every table. He picked up the phone and dialed his wife and business partner, Debbie. All clear. Everything looks good. You sure? No issues? She asked. What's going on with the neighbors? He looked out the window toward Madison Street, which had become the center of one of the largest homeless encampments in the country, with as many as 1,100 people sleeping outdoors. 1,100 people. So he goes, like, to see if it's safe enough for his wife to come in to work at their shop. Every day. Wow. Way to protect the citizens. 
this business they've spent their entire lives building. Yeah. On this February morning, you could see a half dozen men pressed around a roaring fire. A young woman was lying in the middle of the street, wrapped beneath a canvas advertising banner. A man was weaving down the sidewalk in the direction of Joe's restaurant with a saw, muttering to himself, then stopping to urinate a dozen feet from Joe's outdoor tables. It's the usual chaos and suffering, he told Debbie, but the restaurant's still standing. Which has seemed like an open question uh, each morning for the last three years. The epidemic of homelessness, etc. They go in the into the uh, the pandemic. Uh, cities across the West have been transformed by a housing crisis, a mental health crisis, and an opioid epidemic. All of which landed on the at the doorsteps of small businesses already reaching a breaking point because of the pandemic. Listen to this. In Seattle, more than twenty three hundred businesses had left downtown since the beginning of twenty twenty. This story is wow. about Phoenix, but they're doing a little survey around America. Wow, that's incredible. A group of fed-up small business owners in Santa Monica, California, had hung a banner on the city's promenade that read, Santa Monica is not safe. Crime, depravity, outdoor mental asylum. And in Phoenix, where the number of people living on the streets has more than tripled since 2016, businesses had begun hiring private security firms to guard their property and lawyers to file a lawsuit against the city for failing to manage a great humanitarian crisis. The city says, look, we're pouring money into this like crazy. What do you want us to do? But I like, uh, the, the, I like the sign that says outdoor mental institution. That is what it Here's is. The the reality for the Falachis, they'd signed onto the lawsuit as plaintiffs. They also bought an extra mop to deal with the daily flow of human waste, replaced eight shattered windows with plexiglass, installed a wrought iron fence around their property, and continued opening their doors at exactly 8 o'clock each morning to greet the first customer of the day. Then they go into tip, typical day. A woman walks in, walks up to the counter, carrying a garbage bag. I need to place a huge order. I own a Dairy Queen. Or, I own Dairy Queen. Debbie asks, playing along. Oh, wow. Which one? All of them. I'm the queen of the queen. <laughs> That's wonderful, Debbie said. As she led the woman to a table, etc., etc. Would you like me to take an order? Debbie asked. You know why I'm here, the woman said, suddenly banging her fist on the table. Don't patronize me. The king needs his payment. Oh, boy. She refilled the woman's water and walked behind the counter to find Joe. So a person that's either mentally ill or on drugs or they ruined their brain because of drugs. Yeah. Then they go into the fact that she, Debbie, has been begging him. We've got to get out of here. This is killing me. The stress is killing me. But their entire plan, as they get to later, and they busted their asses their entire life to build this sandwich shop. Their plan was to build it, sell it, and retire on the proceeds. But as they get into later in the article, people uh, are interested in the business. Then they come and see it. Oh, and sure. they see what's around How the hell it, and you they go- drive away. Oh, yeah, you can't sell that. Not for any amount of money that you'd want to get out of it. And they go into some detail on the crazy lady and her interactions, and it gives you a sense, if you've ever dealt with people like this, of how stressful it can be, because you don't know, are they going to wander away? Are they going to stay all day and frighten your customers? Are they going to commit an act of violence? Are they about to stab me? Right. Right. The restaurant was located a half mile from Arizona's state capital in an industrial neighborhood, warehouses and crisscrossing train tracks, etc., uh, it attracted a small number of transients through the years. Over the years, Joe and Debbie came to know many by name, listened to their stories of evictions, medical debt, mental illness, and addiction. Together, they agreed that it was their job to be Christly, to offer not only compassion, but help. 
Then they go into a fair amount of detail. They open the restroom. They they got people water. They cashed unemployment and disability checks at wow. no cost. Wow. They, They've gone way beyond like what I would do to try to they help They hired people. homeless people and convicts and whatever, did anything they could, and it just kept getting worse and worse and worse. But the homeless population in Phoenix continued, continued to grow by hundreds each year, even as the city's supply of shelter beds remained relatively flat and the federal court ruling, the disastrous Boise ruling, in 2018 required places with no shelter capacity to allow some camping in public spaces. The city's average rent rose by more than 80% during the pandemic. I, Joe Getty, have never denied rising rents has a role in this, but a lot of activists say it is the main thing, and it's absolutely not. That's not true. A wave of evictions drove more people from their homes, et cetera, et cetera. Soon there were hundreds of people sleeping within a few blocks of the sandwich shop, old station, most of them suffering from mental illness or substance abuse as they lived out their private lives within public view of the restaurant. So that's, they slept, that's, that's the New York Times saying most of them suffer from substance abuse or mental illness? Correct. Yeah. Yes. Most. They slept on Joe and Debbie's outdoor tables, defecated on their back porch, smoked methamphetamine in their parking lot, washed clothes in their bathroom sink, pilfered bread and gallon jars of pickles from their delivery trucks, had sex on their patio, masturbated within view of their employees, and lit fires for warmth that burned down palm trees and scared away customers. Finally, Joe and Debbie could think of nothing else to do but to start calling their city councilman, the city manager, the mayor, the governor, the police. And then they go into a bunch of different calls. Um, got a guy outside who's naked, trespass, trespassing, knows some serious help. They're throwing rocks from across the street at our windows, breaking and entering, vandalism, harassment. I'm probably leaving such, some stuff all out. She's swinging a pipe at our customers. Would you consider that normal? These are a bunch of quotes. It's a fire the size of my house. My customers are trying to eat and they can't even breathe. Gunshots, shouting. It goes on all day. God, that is incredible. It's a bakery? It's a sandwich shop. Sandwich shop, right. Yeah. Sandwich mm-hmm. shop. Yeah. You know, I'd like to get a BLT, but uh, that guy masturbating him over there is really kind of putting me off my, yeah. my lunch. So. Yeah. They go into the hundreds, the thousands of calls for help that go on within a couple of blocks. Woman sprawled on her sidewalk with her face against the pavement for hours, not even moving. And she calls 911. I'm concerned. Well, you go check her. Oh, wow. We have no time. Wow. That ruling by, was it one judge in Boise? Yeah, I believe so. That yeah. might be one of the most consequential rulings in many decades. Talking about this uh, this family that's been trying to run a sandwich shop for, for decades now, and they're just about to retire, and their dreams are all being ruined by the, the junkie camp next door. Um, and they profile this guy, Kip, who's 65 years old, carrying his bucket and 10-foot window washing pole. In the last year, he had lost his business to heroin addiction, his apartment to eviction, and his truck to an accident. Now he's working to get clean, leaving his tent at 5.30 each morning uh, for an appointment at a methadone clinic before riding the city bus to businesses to clean windows for as little as three bucks each. He had washed 268 windows in the last month, wasn't anywhere near getting back on his feet. Um... So he instead settled into an encampment so immense that it operated as its own separate economy. Blue fentanyl pills sold for $2, and anyone could trade a decent pair of shoes for a week's supply of methamphetamine. 
A group of young people, young men in the encampment had begun selling off pieces of the public sidewalk, charging each person $20 a week for what they called lot rent and security. Wow. So we're going to allow criminal gangs to own and sell parts of the sidewalk. But if the city says, no, it belongs to us, so get off of it, that's not okay. Right. Exactly. Yeah, well said. That seemed ridiculous to Kip until he decided not to pay and awoke one night to the smell of someone dousing his tent with lighter fuel, about to burn him alive in it. And they go on that fashion. Um, Joe came into work the next morning. This is the proprietor of the sandwich shop and saw a bag of drugs in the road, human waste on the sidewalk, a pit bull wandering the street and blood soaked napkins blowing toward his restaurant patio where he and Debbie were scheduled to meet with a real estate agent about the future of old station. Oh, Debbie and still insisted she was ready to be done with the restaurant. Joe didn't want to run it without her, but he also didn't want to board it up and walk away with nothing. They'd spent the past several months exploring a compromise, seeing if they could sell the business and retire together. They asked their agent, are they getting any bites? The takeaway is, yeah, a lot of people. A lot of people think, wow, what a great business, a long-time business. Then they take a look at it and the junkie camp next door, and they drive away as fast as they can. Of course, there's no way you'd buy that place. Not for anything close to what it's worth. And they go into how they built the success of this place by being the the friendly. We greet every customer. We joke with them at the cash register. It's a we're you're a part of our family. We're a part of yours type effort for decades now. It's all going to hell. Uh, they don't have a pension. Their plan had always been to invest in the business, sell it and use the money to retire. Now they don't know what they're going to do. And they go into the very poignant back and forth between Joe and his wife, Debbie, about how she's just exhausted and afraid. And he's begging her to hang on a little while longer to see if it turns around. It's just sad. Then he goes to visit his buddy, the art gallery owner, who who describes himself as a bleeding heart and has tried to help all these people. And they go paragraph after paragraph about how, and person after person after person of how he tried to help them, but they just stole from him till he had to kick him out or they died or whatever and just they ran through his generosity like water through a sieve i mean and finally uh oh uh he says this is uh joel not joe but joel the gallery owner not a lot of happy endings here these days he took out his phone handed it to joe and hit play on a video that he recorded a few nights earlier from the window of his upstairs apartment There were 26 broken streetlights in the encampment because of vandalism and wire theft. So the video was dark except for the reflection of police lights, which illuminated one man being handcuffed and another lying dead on the ground. My wife and I were relaxing after dinner, all fat and happy, and then it was bap, 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 Joel said. Did you hit the floor? Joe asked. Well, yeah, we have our castle dark and our fortress strong, but it's becoming crazy. Our fence got caught the other night. There was a woman in our yard screaming and yelling her head off in Spanish. Um, I'm realizing here lately that we're living in a friggin' hell hole. Us, us, them, inside, outside. Who's it working for? When does it stop? Not yet, said his friend. It's hard to believe, but they're telling me it's going to get worse. Then they go into another pistol-waving incident and how Joe comes in in the morning and there was a gunshot as he was opening the restaurant and he's struggling with how to tell his wife about it without scaring her even more. And she shows up finally. Wow, tough morning, she asked. He took her inside the restaurant while he tried to come up with the right words. It was only one shot. 
The restaurant was still standing. They'd run Old Station together for 37 years. Maybe they could hang on for a while longer. But instead, Joe put his hand on her shoulder and he told her the only thing that felt true. The whole thing's a disaster, he said. I get it. It's okay. I understand why you're done. Well, what a sad story that is. So the takeaway, and we don't really have time for this, is the idea that the solution will be painless or gentle or sweet is completely fanciful and idiotic. We need to enforce the law. We need to make it miserable to be a junkie on the street. And I'll tell you what I mean. I'm not talking about anything horrific or fascist or anything like that. We need to enforce the law. And the ACLU is mentioned several times in this story, opposing every single sane and reasonable measure to get these people off the streets. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. My son had his first band concert last night, and uh, he's playing the drums currently. Did you start as a trombonist? Yes. Yeah, and I was a trumpet player. Both pretty loud instruments. Drums very loud, but they got the little uh, rubber pad they put on there, so it's not as loud when your kid is practicing at home. What is what would be the worst instrument to have your kid decide to practice? Drums is bad. Uh, certainly, your stringed instruments, your violin, yeah. it's tough to take for several years. Violin's a rough one. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you can you can practice on a drum pad that that rubber thing, and you might hear the clickety click in the other room, but it's not bad. Sam did the cello briefly. If you'll remember, he chose that stringed instrument because you could sit down. <laughs> that's what <laughs> that's what motivated him for him. He's a man who craves leisure. It was like unfortunate. It was unfortunately interrupted by COVID though, and he never he never got back to it. Just like COVID interrupted so many freaking things. In, in in people's lives, but man, watching the watching the kids that were super serious about trying to play their music and everything like that was just it was freaking awesome, just absolutely awesome. This one's called Counting Fun. Honk 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 honk. <laughs> this one's called Merrily Along We Go. Honk honk. Honk, 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 honk. I um, I know this really makes me sound like uh, 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 Grandpa Simpson, but I, I the the whole move toward everything being so casual uh, is there an end to that? How casual we're all going to get? I mean, we, we we dressed up way more even when I was a kid, and I'm not 90 years old. It's not like we were wearing you know three piece suits and and uh, fedoras, but. Uh, <laughs> You know, the band Are you teacher. Are about the, the audience or the teacher? The, the, the audience, teacher, yeah. the kids, the band teacher, just everybody. Just the whole I'm super casual, untucked shirt, tennis shoes thing for everything. Church, concerts, everything, all the time. I just, I don't know. That's disrespectful. Maybe I'm just an old man. I don't know. I smell mustard. <laughs> Armstrong and Getty. Protect your dream home with American Family Insurance. And you can weather any storm. You'll also save up to 25% by bundling home, auto, and life. American Family Insurance. Get a quote. Find an agent at AmFam.com. 
products not available in every state. Discounts may not apply to all coverages on an auto or home policy. Discounts do not apply to life insurance policies. Visit Amfem.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating companies, American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. So I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Is this the stupidest political story of all time? Trump being indicted? Yes, yes, it is. Oh, that, uh, it was a question. Sorry. Yeah, we'll talk about it Monday on the Armstrong and Getty Show. The Armstrong and Getty Show. We, we did a family trip over the weekend. I took my uh, two kids to see Grandma and Grandpa and both my brothers. And then my dad, it was his 85th birthday present to go to a Kansas University basketball game. With his three sons, but uh, for a variety of reasons, I stayed at home with Henry, and my older son went. So he got to do, he's going to be 13 here in a month, and he got to do a big guy's thing, which was very exciting oh, for him. Oh, that's, a, that's, sorry, things got messed up, but that's great for him. Yeah. Hanging out with the big guys, yeah, so that was, uh, that was fun. Anyway, I think because of that whole experience, I got into a conversation with my youngest yesterday about our family history and where we're from and what's our nationality, and stuff, which we've never really known. I mean, I, I don't claim any, any anything. But he wanted to do one of those family history things, and I've always been threatening to do it, like you did, to find out you're mostly Neanderthal. Did you do 23 and Me for that one? That's not exactly accurate, but uh, yeah, that was 23 and Me. Yeah. And I have a very, very high percentage of Neanderthal DNA. Yeah. Which, if you know me, eh, rings true. Math works. Yeah, and you don't drag Judy around by the hair. Not usually. Um... But so I, I remember reading a New York Times article a while back about which of these is the best, because there's a bunch of competing ones out there, and they're all a little different. So I did a little Googling around and 
just to get started, a lot of people seem to like Ancestry.com. So I ordered the saliva kits for my parents. They're going to get to their house this week. And I thought, I'll have my parents do it. And then um, and then his mom can do it on his side. And then we'll, maybe we'll get some idea of what he is. But I was kind of interested in, and ended up on the website doing the other part of it that's not your saliva stuff where they figure out your genetics, but just the amazing way in the modern world i hadn't done this in a long time i i i if you haven't done this in a long time you should do it again okay because because i had done it a while back and didn't turn up that much so many people have done it that everybody's you know information gets put in through your family tree so there are so many more records that have shown up since the last time i looked into it because so many people do it and obviously that's the way it's going to turn out it just builds and builds and builds and builds because you know you got a you know you got a third cousin who lives in arkansas who had some information that the you know your grandpa in minnesota didn't have or whatever and it all gets put together and it grows and grows and grows Hmm. and so i was able to find out so much more stuff than i've ever found out before going back and looking at uh, marriage certificates and gravestones that they pictures of gravestones from family relatives from various places in the country is really oh, wow. wild. Huh. But I got to thinking about the weird I, is it misogyny or whatever it is that we tend to you know go most people take the the male's name in the family and we tend to trace back our family lineage through the male name all the way back just. For some, for all kinds of different reasons, there's something cooler about seeing somebody with your last name from the 1800s. It, it strikes you in a different way than it's a different name, even though you have the same relation to them genetically. At least it does me. Yeah, I think so. I have a relative who's an ancestry or like a genealogy freak on my mom's side of the family. So I've been so steeped in that. I. But I, I know what you're saying with the same last name. You see it on a gravestone from the 1800s or something like that. It hits you. And they're not any more related to you than the people with a different name. And so, of course not. And then I was doing the math really quickly. So I got back to uh, thir- three greats. The original um, uh, person on going. I, I first tracked the male name back through my dad, his grandpa, et cetera, et cetera. Went back to three greats to a guy in Pennsylvania in the early 1800s who was born there, and then he is the first one to move to Iowa, same county that all of my relatives are still in, which is really mm-hmm. amazing, starting in the mid-1800s. Everybody's been in the same county, let alone the same state. But but when I was thinking about that third great-great-great-grandfather that has the same last name as me, He's one thirty second of the story because you get to great great great. You now have thirty two great 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 grandparents that have wow. everybody as much claim to your heritage as that guy, as any other, yeah, as any other. And you got to yeah. follow them all, I guess. So I followed him back one more. His father came from Germany to Pennsylvania and uh, was born in seventeen sixty or something like that, and then came to. So on that side, anyway, we're American pretty far back. But again, that's just one thirty-second of the story. I don't have any idea what the other... So I'm going to try to trace them all as far as I can, all 32. But then what do you do with that information? What meaning does it have? Well, that man, Jack, told me off the air. He wasn't going to share it, but I think he should. That German man who came over, his name was Adolf Hitler Schwarzenegger. (laughs) (laughs) 
and his legacy is complicated. But so this whole idea of, you know, whether it's Ben Affleck when he found out he had a slaveholder in his family or whatever. I mean, if it's one pathetic moment in the history of manhood, if it's one sixteenth or one thirty second or one sixty fourth of your family history, it does it mean anything. I mean, I'm not sure it means anything. If I find it's, one of those 30-second lines, whether it was a serial killer or the governor of a state or cured, you know, a disease or whatever it is, mm-hmm. whatever you're, whatever we're all looking for, I'm not sure what the meaning is. Okay, I have a multi-part answer. Won't take long. I'd, I'd like it if it would take 45 minutes because then we would be done. <laughs> well, let me see if I can stretch. But first, we need to give you some news that could help you out a lot. The whole crime thing has gone sideways, and and we just, folks are in a mood to crack down. Mm. Property crime skyrocketing. And our beloved friends and sponsors at Simply Safe Home Security know you'll do anything to protect your family. They make it easy with advanced security tech powered by 24-7 professional monitoring. Yeah, Simply Safe is going to protect you in so many different ways, all kinds of different threats. Obviously, we know, you know breaking is an obvious one, but with floods and all kinds of different things. And you can get this 24-7 monitoring for about a dollar a day, less than half the price of traditional home security systems. You can unlock and unlock your doors, access cameras, arm and disarm your system from anywhere. It's simple to use. CNET named Simply Safe their editor's choice for 2023. Are you saying it's less than half the price of traditional systems? It's under a buck a day for the monitoring, and CNET called it the editor's choice. I am saying yes, that. That is precisely the message we're attempting to deliver. Customize the perfect system for your home in just a few minutes at simplysafe.com slash Armstrong. Go today, claim a free indoor security camera, plus 20% off your order with interactive monitoring. That's simplysafe.com slash Armstrong. There's no safe like Simply Safe. Having that connection with the past, I think, is healthy to know it, to study it, to realize that those people lived and those people died. And and people continued on the journey of life and, and they raised their kids the best they could. And then those kids were the next generation. I just think it helps to ground you as a human being and to not waste the precious moments of your life. Yeah, realizing get, you're part of a very, very long chain. That is absolutely true, because I got that feeling laying in bed next to my son doing that last night. Just yeah. the, wow, here they are. 21 and 22 getting married in 1898 and they had my great-grandfather one of their five kids two of which died blah 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 you know all that sort of stuff but it could have been anybody i mean it did it did i would have had the same feeling i think and and so, it's just it's interesting that people whether people that trace themselves back to the mayflower you know i know that's a big deal or jefferson or whatever okay so when you pick that one out of the Whatever it would be at that point, at 200. that point, it could be at least sixty-four, if not more. Well, yeah, one hundred and twenty-eight grandparents you have. You always mention yeah, I'm a descendant of Thomas Jefferson and sixty-three other lineages. Lineages, so whatever. Right. I'm, I'm right. not just sure it has any bearing on anything. Well, yeah, and actually, that's a really good way to illustrate the second part of my aforementioned multi-part answer. Uh, it is that's that's such a great illustration. I'm going to take a moment to wallow around in that because that's so one sixty-fourth of your ancestry was a famous guy. Great, and that's that's <laughs> right. part of my answer. The more I learn about, especially my mom's side, which is from South Carolina, uh, hundreds of years ago, they arrived in South Carolina. Uh, secessionists, slaveholders. 
all, all sorts of people of that time. Um, and that has nothing to do with me, morally speaking. Well, it, nothing to do with you if it was a straight line. Um, well, there's a straight line, right. but if it was like two people, it, it wasn't your choice. But when right. you start, if human beings lived 400 years, yeah, it would be more right. relevant. I guess that's my point. But if you, uh, <laughs> but if you spread it out the way it is, yeah, no, you right. shouldn't take any glee or horror in the <laughs> in what one sixty fourth of you did 150 years ago. It's a fun hobby. It's kind and it's of fun. Practically universal among humans to be kind of excited if you find out your ancestor was notable. But as a rational man, I've got to tell you, if 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 I dated back to I don't know one of my heroes, uh, Lincoln, uh, you know Jefferson, H. Uh, L. Mencken, something like that, um, how would that shine credit on me? As a human being, the things I've done and said, the people I've touched in my life, how would their genius really credit me? It doesn't. Well, unless, It doesn't. It it's my job to live my life. And likewise, if they were, I almost use an, uh, the S word, if they were crappy, if they're a bad human being, they perpetuated the evils of slavery or something. I don't know what to tell you. I wasn't there. Nobody asked me whether they should. <laughs> yeah, it just doesn't make much sense to pick out one of your 32 great-grandparents, great-great-great-grandparents, as something that should reflect well on you, unless you're also going to pick out your great-great-great-grandma who was a dullard. <laughs> right, also, exactly. Well, I, don't, I don't care if you are descended from Lincoln, Jefferson, H.L. Mencken, and, and, and uh, Aristotle. There were dopes in your family line, sure. real dopes, or shoplifters, or whatever. Or, you know, uh, women who were really hot, but they couldn't rub two brain cells together. Or some handsome, <laughs> strong hunter guy who was actually a jackass and a flounder. But so you take, oh, that's right. That was the, the third part of my multi-part answer. A lot of the enthusiasm for this is a leftover vestige of the idea of breeding. Mm. He comes from good breeding. Oh, right. He comes from a noble line of uh, royals and dukes and earls. Or he's a commoner. It's like the caste system in India, which is repugnant to sure. me. You're right. You're absolutely right. But if you have the same last name going back, it seems to carry more weight, like the Adamses, the Adams family, not the 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 creeps who lived in the scary house, but John <laughs> Adams and they're goofy. Yes, and then his son John Quincy Adams, and then like is it one more or two more to get to Henry Adams, the great writer? Um, so he he got great credit for being an Adams. Well, so but he so John Adams was just one thirty second of his background. He had 31 other stories to tell. But because you have the the same last name, you know, you get some. Does that not just illustrate the absurdity of it? Yeah. Yeah. Um, You know what you could do if you want to make this point is you you wait for a guy like that to give a speech or something like that. You pick out one of the other names (laughs) in his background that are every bit as relevant, the McGillicuddy's. And every time he says, now, as an Adams, you mean McGillicuddy. <laughs> Who is that guy? Get him thrown out of here. I consider it my legacy. Your McGillicuddy legacy? <laughs> right. It's funny. My son, we were walking to the grocery store and talking about this before we did it. And he said, well, it'd be cool if we were related to somebody famous. And I said, okay, pick somebody. And then what would it mean? And he said, well, like if we're related to Lincoln. And I said, okay. And what would that mean to you? And he said, I don't know. Maybe we'd get discounts or something. <laughs> <laughs> now, that's a practical boy. <laughs> 
Now, the, now you got my interest. 15% off this mattress because you're a descendant of Lincoln. <laughs> For instance. Armstrong and Getty. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. But resist, we must. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Uh, Here's your freedom-loving quote of the day. Once again with George Orwell, people can only be happy when they do not assume that the object of life is happiness. Orwell. For the win! Can you say it again? People can only be happy when they do not assume that the object of life is happiness. Hmm. Gotcha. If you haven't uh, read The Art of Happiness by the Dalai Lama, I've recommended it, I don't know how many times, to so many people, but it uh, it was really a a life-changing book for me. Tim the Lawyer just recommended um, very strongly Viktor Frankl's Man's Search for Meaning. Yeah. During COVID at some point, I read that. Really? Well, you're a well-read chap. I mostly read the sports pages so I could handicap each of the teams 
in Major League Baseball's divisions. Coming up, stay with us. <laughs> but then not actually do it. I might. Drop us a note. Mailbag at armstrongandgetty.com. Here's your guide to being interviewed by artificial intelligence uh, from Sean. If uh, the AI, we are talking about how this is a trend now. You'll do a video interview and it will be with AI. It won't be with a human being. What? If AI asks what your greatest weakness is, respond, I tend to put too much stock in what computers say and discount the opinions of flesh coworkers. <laughs> and if AI asks you where you see yourself in five years, go with... I'd really like to be, you know, loyally serving an AI mastermind, perhaps on a field of shattered skulls. <laughs> oh, my God. Those are some good tips, Sean. Thank you for passing those along. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> this is really well written from Richard in San Jose, California. While home defense and hunting are all legitimate reasons for gun ownership, the primary reason for the Second Amendment is for the people to defend themselves against an overbearing government. The term well-armed militia is you and me. Uh, every able-bodied male and female should be armed as protection from tyranny. And uh, and he goes into some detail, which I'm afraid we don't have time for, but he points out that uh, a, a, a crazed shooter, a so-called active shooter, can kill 5, 10, 50 people. A government with an unarmed populace can tell, kill tens of thousands or millions. One only needs to read a history book. Right. Um, yeah, that's a good point. I think we set records every month during the pandemic for selling guns in this country. I think most people were buying them for self-defense. But the Second Amendment is for a tyrannical government. Yeah, indeed. Indeed. That has killed, or several of them have killed tens of millions of people in the 20th century alone. Sure. Start with China. Move to the Soviet Union in terms of uh, researching that, if you'd like. For the over 40 crowd, about age 40 on average, people start to need reading glasses. And so if you're over 40, you can relate to this. I just realized, like yesterday, that I was behind on upping the strength of my reading glasses. You know, when you first get them, you get like a, a they're at the drugstore, you're trying different ones, and some of them make you feel like you're going to throw up, and you realize those are too strong, so you get the, and you get a 1.25 or whatever. Anyway, I upped the number. I'm now up to a 2, and I got new ones like, oh, my God. I can read again. Does that just keep on going for the rest of your life and then eventually end up with like a 7.0 that are a foot thick and start fires if the sun shines on them? <laughs> I don't know. It's one of the great blessings of my life. Um, my rugged handsomeness, obviously, and also the fact that I don't need reading glasses at my advanced age. Wow. Um, just lucky. So this is from the Washington Post. How many... Uh, college students are considering quitting, and why? A survey published by Gallup showed that two out of five undergraduates say they often experience emotional distress at college. More than 40% of 12,000 current undergraduates surveyed had considered dropping out in the previous six months. That's up from a third who said that in the first year of COVID when everything was online. So they thought it was extraordinarily high. That's why they, they, they looked into it when COVID was going on, you know, trying to figure out how are college kids liking the new college that they're having to do. And a third had considered dropping out in the previous six months. Well, now they do a survey again, now that we're done with online stuff and everything like that. And it's over 40% approaching half of college students said they had considered dropping out in the previous six months. So you'd be wondering why. Most, I am, as a matter of fact. Well anticipated. I don't think I ever... I did drop out of uh, one grad school, but I didn't any other. 
I never considered it any other time. Um, most cited emotional stress and personal mental health as the reason they consider dropping out more than finances, inflation, or the difficulty of their studies. So if you were thinking, well, it's because it's expensive or studying's hard or inflation. Nope, that's not those. Emotional distress and personal mental health has caused nearly half of college kids to consider dropping out in the previous six months. What have we done to our young people? I don't know. It's worth looking at, though. I think it's the helicopter parenting. I really, really do. No resilience, no independence, no confidence. Yikes. If you have a guest, text line 415-295-KFTC. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.